This is a teaching from Grace River Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. Our prayer is that this sermon will help inspire you to take the next step of your faith with Jesus Christ. Hey, what's up online? I'm Nathan. I'm the church planning resident here at Grace River Church, and I'm excited to communicate uh, to you about worship, which is week three of our series on holy habits. The first week uh, was given by Pastor Jacob on the Bible, and week two was given by Pastor Chris on prayer. And uh, before we get to the topic of worship, uh, we're going to go to John 4 for our text uh, today. But uh, I want to give a short little plug into our small groups. The spring session is about, or semester is about to start uh, here in the next week or so. And we would just love to invite you to get plugged in, get to know people. Uh, One of the things that's said around here is life change happens in a circle and not in a row, which basically just emphasizes emphasizes our need for relationship, community, fellowship with other people. We're meant uh, to have a relationship with God and then, of course, with others. And we benefit from each other. So we'd love for you to get plugged in. Uh, We're doing something a little bit different uh, in the fact that we're actually going to have a small group uh, here on campus for new people who just want to get more familiar with Grace River. What do we value? uh, What's some of the key features Uh, about this church, Uh, and so it's kind of geared toward you who's kind of questioning, is this for me? Is this a church I want to get plugged into? And and the cool thing is you'll get to meet other new people as well. And then, of course, we have about 10 different small groups at homes all across the St. Louis area that you can get plugged into in in people's living rooms and and get to know people better. Um, So again, our text is in John 4. And I'll kind of give you the context, but I'm going to read first in verse 22 through 24. And it says this, this is Jesus speaking. And he says, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. And just a short little plug into two weeks ago, uh, Jacob spoke about knowing scripture, meditating on scripture, memorizing memorizing scripture, and uh, Basically, one thing that he emphasized was that you know scripture so that you can apply it, practice it. Uh, And so if you haven't watched that, I would just encourage you to do so. Uh, And Jesus says it's important for you to know. And what what is it that he wants her to know, the Samaritan woman? For salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And so the context here is Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman, which was like Jews and Samaritans didn't typically even, uh, they didn't like to be around each other, nonetheless uh, be speaking to one another. So she's surprised that he's even talking to her. But on top of this, he's going to tell her who she is, what she's done, and she's amazed, and she comes to the realization that this is not just an average guy or a dude that you just run into. She then begins to question, are you a prophet? And then he's going to further explain to her that I'm the Messiah, I'm the Christ, I'm, I'm, sa- I'm the Savior that you're waiting for. And uh, this is a perfect little passage to kind of uh, get us going on this, this word, worship, and defining it and asking the question, what is it? And then how do we give worship to God? Because we see her response. She runs to the, to the nearby village. 
She gets as many people to come to Jesus as possible. And we're told that not only did she believe, but many other people believed on Jesus at that point. And so you see that they, they come to him in proximity, that they believe on his words. We see her, she's communicating uh, thanks and praise to her new Lord and Savior. And so this is a great text uh, to bring us to these two questions. And so I want to answer the question, what is worship? So the definition uh, that you can just do a quick little Google search, right? And it says, worship is to show reverence and adoration to God. Uh, and so if you're not familiar with those two words, basically uh, a couple little parallels to that or uh, words that would be equal to or uh, the same meaning would be to show uh, to have an awe for God or to show a high respect for him or even a devotion or praise to who he is compared to who you are. Uh, and so it's showing this reverence, this respect to him who's worthy of glory and honor. Uh, and so here's kind of, uh, Chris had suggested I use this as an example. And so the litmus test of this would be, what or who do you run to? Um, I don't know if you've seen the memes or uh, the little videos of like parents dropping their kid, like they're in the middle of the park, they drop their kid and then they run separate directions. And so then the kid is making the decision, do I go to mom or I go to dad? I've seen people do it with like pets as well, not cats because they don't, you know, care. Um, but like a dog would like run to their favorite owner, right? And so the question for us, the litmus test of whether or not we are worshipers of God, that we worship him, is do we go to him in prayer? Okay, that was last week's topic. Do we uh, praise him? Are we thankful towards him for what he's done for us? Um, and even in our service. And so that kind of brings us to the, the, the next question of how do we give him worship? And so here's three ways. They're not the only three ways, but in my mind, I was thinking through uh, giving worship. So this act of giving. What can I give to the Lord uh, to worship him? And so we can give him worship through our thanks. We can give him worship through our praise. And we can give him worship through our service. And so the first one in Colossians 3.17 that I want to focus on is just giving God thanks uh, and Paul writes and says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so giving him thanks. And so the story that I thought of um, was the thankful leper. This is found in, in Luke 17. And Jesus heals ten lepers, and they go their own way, and they're healed on the way that they're, as they go. And only one leper comes back to the healer, to Jesus, to thank him for what he's done. Uh, and so this is just one example, one illustration uh, that should motivate us or encourage us or set the, the tone that we be thankful people for what Jesus has done for us. And it, of course, it's our salvation from sin through what he did on the cross and then uh, other things, like we're told by Jesus, he told the disciples, everything good comes from the Father. And so you can just start naming everything. Um, I'm not uh, the greatest uh, prayer uh, warrior or a person who instantly goes to prayer. Uh, I tend to be like a, a works-based person, like i got to do this first. And uh, 
shame on me for that, but I'm always encouraged by people that I have in my life that, that they will pray. And when they pray, they pray um, in a way that is just like they, they don't list a bunch of needs. They're actually just praying thanks to their Lord and Savior. Thank you for the weather. Thank you for my family. Thank you. And they just keep going. And then they end the prayer and I realize they've just been thanking God for what he's done for them and in their lives. And so how about you? How are you doing in this area in your life? Um, I have this book right here. We're talking about worship, of course. And uh, this was a, a, a short little read. So like I'm not a reader, but this is a book that you can read in a couple little sittings and, and, and get it done. And it's really applicable to where you're at, no matter what season you're in. So like if you're an empty nester, if you're a widower, if you're like me and you have young children in the home, this is a perfect book just to meet you where you're at and just to encourage you to begin uh, being intentional in like family worship. And so we watch Saddleback Kids or Bible Stories on YouTube. Uh, I think it's like Rick Warren's church. They, they started this little program and there's like hundreds of these little videos, like two, three minutes long, uh, that is like perfect for Levi and Bethany, my two children, who is like two and four. Um, and so we, we watch a story like this every once in a while, and they get some good little principles like worship God or be thankful. Um, so the next question would be, uh, or again to that question of how do we worship God, the second statement would be we worship God with our praise. And so uh, I went to Psalms, uh, and David writes this, Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live, and your name I will lift up uh, my hands. And so we see that one way that we can worship God is through praising him. Um, I wanted to use this example because many times like, we may not feel like praising him. So, for instance, the Apostle Paul is a perfect example. He's in prison in Acts 16. Uh, it's midnight. He's in chains. It's not like... It's not, nothing that would bring him happiness, right? He's probably going to get beat or even possibly lose his life. Uh, it's happened to others in his lifetime, and they see persecution all throughout his ministry. And here we see that he's praying and singing praises to God. Uh, and here's the cool thing. The prisoners were listening to them. Uh, Acts 16.31 is one of my favorite passages, and you, you see the Philippian jailer. So God frees them from the jail. And so the jailer thinks I'm a dead man because all these prisoners are going to get out or get loose and I'm not just going to lose my job, I'm going to lose my life. And Paul tells them not to. And the Philippian jailer who's been listening to him singing praises all throughout the night now asks Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to, to have what you guys have? And uh, Paul's answer is short, sweet, to the point. Believe on Jesus and you will be saved. And uh, I can't help but think that, that Paul's praises, his singing about God that night was instrumental to, to this Philippian jailer coming to Christ, saying yes uh, for his need of a Savior. So how are you doing with uh, praising him? It could be publicly, like on a Sunday morning, are you all in as far as praising him because he's worthy to be praised? And like David, you're singing to him. But then also privately, in the car, 
Uh, for me, I don't have a good voice. Uh, no one wants to hear me. Um, and so I'm, I'm pretty quiet with uh, like corporate worship, like here in the auditorium with other people. Uh, but when it comes to like I'm by myself, I will just like sing all, all out. It's just me and God, right? So how are you doing that privately uh, regarding giving him worship through your, your praise? And then the third thing is this, is we worship God with our service. And so uh, I want to show you the words of Christ. He's being tempted by Satan in the wilderness. And Satan says, worship me, bow down, worship me, and then I'll give you all these kingdoms, okay? And Jesus responds with this, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So he puts on par with worship hand in hand with service. So worship God, serve God. And in serving God, I'm giving him worship. And, and so the question is, is how are you doing uh, regarding this? Are you serving your king, your Lord, your savior? If he's your savior, then he's your Lord. Uh, if you haven't heard that before, it's basically, the, it's basically you've received him for salvation from sin. You're trusting in him. Uh, and now because of that, he too is your Lord. It means that you'll submit to him, that you'll worship him. Uh, and again, remember what he tells the Samaritan woman at the well, that he's looking, the Father is looking for true worshipers. And those who believe and trust are now given the Holy Spirit. And with that now, we uh, worship him with, with our body. And so I want to I give you this example of uh, whatever season of life you're in, and so for me, typically, there's, there's two sides of the spectrum. One is when everything's going well, I can tend to forget to be thankful who is, is uh, giving me everything good in my life. What Jesus tells the disciples that, the, the, that everything good comes from the Father, right? So uh, I tend to be in this good season, right, spring, summertime, and uh, I forget the giver of these good things. And so I, I tend to not be thankful or to praise him. And then the other side of the spectrum is when things are bad. You know, your winter uh, seasons of uh, tragic uh, events in your life, a loss of a loved one, health concerns, financial trouble, and uh, just the busyness of life of just feeling that stress. We tend to not feel like praising or, or giving him thanks, right, or service. And uh, I'd like to just encourage you, again, Paul is, is a great example. If you want an Old Testament example, you could go to the life of Job. You see early on he's blessed, and then at the very end he's blessed again by God with, with material goods, but also his family, children, and God just blesses them. But even in the midst of trial, he loses everything he had, including the lives of his children, and yet he still gives worship to his God. Uh, Paul writes this in, in Romans 12, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, which is our spiritual worship. And so it's this idea that I give God everything, myself included, to give him worship. Uh, look again what he writes to the Corinthians. He says, whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's worship. And so it doesn't matter if you're a teenager, it doesn't matter if you're a young adult in college, doesn't mean, uh, doesn't matter what you're doing, flipping burgers, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor, it doesn't mean if you're just in the secular field working this job, you're a business owner, you're a, an employee or an employer, 
whatever you do, you should be doing it to the glory of God because he's deserving of it. And in that, you are, in fact, giving him an act of worship, uh, which he's receiving and he wants to receive from you. Uh, So again, the question is just, how are you doing with this? Whether it's praise, whether it's thanks, uh, like I think of, I think of parents, right, and just my influence on my children. Am I a complainer when I get home? Do I complain about people? Do I complain about work? Do I complain about my situation? Or are they seeing me worship Christ by being uh, a thankful person, just thanking Him for everything good in my life, thanking Him for my salvation, thanking Him that He loved me so much to die for me and for my sin. Uh, and, it, and I think you'll have an impact on people. Uh, think about the people that you want to be around. Do you want to be around somebody who's bitter, complaining, or do you want to be around a person who's thankful and even joyful? Uh, just a matter of a month or two ago, Pastor Chris spoke through Philippians, and one of those key words that's all throughout that epistle or, or letter from Paul is joy. And one of the points I think Chris made was that Uh, The antidote to uh, bitterness or a complaining spirit is to be thankful and to be a person of thanks, which will lead to joy. And so uh, how are you doing with that, parents? Uh, Again, you're setting the example for your children. What about your actions, your conduct at work, school, uh, whatever you are doing? uh, Remember that you can be giving worship to God in and through that. Here's a quote from a a young and upcoming theologian, Jacob Matthews. I'm just kidding. He he really thought that I wouldn't put this, but I told him I would. He was kind of checking through my notes. But uh, I I think this was actually like Tim Keller who said this. But uh, true worshipers see something, which is the gospel, or someone, that's Jesus, our Savior, that's bigger and better than themselves. And so in this act of worship, it's really just being mindful and having the perspective of how good, gracious, how loving our God is and, and, and making that a big deal in your life. Um, again, I just want to circle back to that litmus test. What or who do you run to? Is it when you're in a time of, of great stress or something in your life has happened Uh, that's hard. Are you going to God? Uh, Are you thankful despite your current circumstance for who he is and what he's done for you? Or when things are good, are you you forgetful of the the good giver who's giving these good things to you? Are you remembering him? Are you giving thanks to him for what you're experiencing in your life? Here's a couple next steps. I'm just going to go through and then we'll pray. Is... uh, Your next step, maybe you just need to be more thankful to God for who he is and what he's done for you. Uh, And again, another step would be to praise him more. Praise God for what he's done uh, for you. And then the other step would just to serve him. How can you get plugged in, whether it's the local body or the local church? How can you serve him more? Serve your families. Uh, And like I, I think of just like Sometimes, you know, dads, uh, husbands, like we can just do what we see as maybe minute little task at home, uh, but making that a bigger deal than what it, what it is in our opinion of like, like helping our wives with like cleaning the house, taking care of the kids when we get home, 
uh, we can truly give God glory in everything and give him worship in what sometimes seems as like small little task, uh, but he can receive glory in it. So how are you doing with these three things? Uh, let's pray. Dear Lord, I just uh, love you. I thank you for who you are. Help us, uh, myself included, to be more thankful uh, because you uh, surely deserve it uh, for us to be just thanking you constantly for who you are, what you've done. Help us to give you praise, whether that's corporately, in public, or in private, in our private lives. And then, of course, help us to serve you, for you are worthy of it. And you served us. We're, we're told multiple times in the New Testament, Jesus served us. Philippians 2 comes to mind. And because of that, you, uh, you are deserving of our, our service. Uh, and you're not just our Savior, but Lord, you are our Lord. You're our Master, and help us just to submit to you and to serve you as best as we can. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services that meet on Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, and 11 a.m. If you feel so inclined to give, you can do so at www.graceriver.cc. Have a great week.